to the Data Rockstars Coffee Podcast with me, Kelly Peters. And me, Regina Jonas. Today, our discussions will focus around threats to your business, both externally and internally, and how you can respond to them, and look at the threat that people cause your business as well. So, Kelly, we just want to kick off today with a bit of a advice for organisations mm. that we've spotted online from the National Cybersecurity Centre. Obviously, people have been and will be very aware of the situation that's ongoing in Russia, Ukraine at the moment, the Russians attacking Ukraine. And the precursor to the warfare that's taking place at the moment were a range of cybersecurity attacks on Ukrainian government websites uh, in an attempt to obviously dismantle communications between the government and people. And in response, the our National Cybersecurity Centre have said that organisations in the UK, whilst there's no particular threat at the moment, should be looking to review their own cybersecurity controls, measures and protections in light of the overall enhanced threat the current situation has. And whilst there's nothing that's specific against UK organisations, this elevated risk should throw into sharp relief the fact that it's time to just check in what you're doing, you know, what situation are you in in terms of your own cyber uh, protections and the cyber security um, and take some steps to go through and make sure that you're as up to date as you possibly can be and as, as well protected as you possibly can be. I think expanding on that a little bit in terms of practically what does that mean in terms mm-hmm. of cyber, the NCSC have got a really good guidance and actions for uh, organisations large and small to consider. Mm -hmm. So some of the things that they have suggested if you're going to be reviewing it is look at your patching of your systems and what that means is your laptop, your computers. You want to make sure along with your mobile devices that they have the most up-to-date operating systems on there. So if Windows or Apple have pushed out an update in the last week, I'd encourage you to apply that to your systems. If you have cloud-based solutions, so you might be using uh, Zoom, we use ClickMeeting, you might have uh, Office 365. Again, check to see if they've issued any notices about updates that are coming out and apply those. They're simple checks that you can do. Mm-hmm. They also suggest uh, things such as access controls. So who has access to your systems, your staff, your IT teams, when was the last time you reviewed permissions so is everybody Mm -hmm. that has access to your system still in contract whether employment or service review again think about things like antivirus software we take it for granted it should be automatically on your systems and pushing out software or virus update but it's worth double checking that all the devices that are part of your organization have the latest antivirus on it because they they are almost one of the first line of defenses against a phishing attack for example so just be mindful of those and obviously if you're a slightly larger business you might want to talk to your IT teams about your defences between the outside internet and your internal internet. So are those defences, again, up to date in terms of software and the rules that have been applied? We'll um, add the link that the NCSC has on these checks and balances to this podcast. I think it's a very useful reminder that technology is used routinely now as a way of attacking us as individuals as well as businesses. So we have a responsibility to make sure that it's kept as up to date as possible. Absolutely. And obviously one of the um, elements there as well is to make sure that you just remind staff around their responsibilities and to be suspicious, (laughs) uh, particularly of any unexpected emails with links that look odd and to be 
have that healthy suspicion around what's coming in and to just take a step and think before you click on the link yeah. because that moment of reflection can save you. So just a yeah. reminder to your staff that now is the time to be more vigilant, more alert and make sure that they're not just clicking on a link or responding immediately to urgent requests that may be a little bit odd if they were to stop and think about it. And I would say it might be worth considering two years ago when COVID hit, there was a lot of COVID messages that came out via text message and via email. Be mindful if you're suddenly getting a lot of support requests. We all want to do our bit for the Ukraine, but you fraudsters out there might try to be using this situation to their advantage. So again, just be aware of the messages. Like Regina said, have a heightened sense of awareness that there are people out there that will use what's going on to make money from you and defraud you. So just take a moment, that moment, could save you um, a lot of grief absolutely so, so hopefully that'll be just a bit of a, a helpful reminder for businesses okay. and you know obviously our thoughts are with everybody in ukraine at the moment because it is a terrible situation for them all and us all but kind of moving on from that kelly you spotted a story that links in in a way in that it's related to a cyber attack uh, or, or two cyber attacks but actually wasn't an external threat huge actor no. <laughs> it was one individual who was disgruntled and we often talk about disgruntled employees from the point of view of subject access requests yeah. and we know that that will be time challenging for organizations but this individual had a, a slightly different approach that you might want to uh, just talk us through absolutely so a chap um called adam georgeson who was an it technician uh, in uh, the middle of the country uh, joined a school as an apprentice to do it support he was not honest with the fact that his criminal record did have a fraudulent convictions I think it was on it so when the school found out they dismissed him because of the lack of being honest and he was a little to be fair a little disgruntled by that concept so uh, he'd mm. learned skills over time in terms of how to attack and cause disruption to the school so he actually accessed the, the school computer systems and the computers that parents were using that are attached or had routed their uh, link in to the school's computers actually wipe data from school systems. So they, he not only wiped it, he wiped parents' personal photos, uh, documents that were relating to uh, individuals' coursework, children's right. academic kind of careers and evidence that would be used to assess them. So he caused significant amount of disruption uh, and it cost it, the school, uh, I think they said it cost them £15,000 to be able to mm -hmm. recover from that, some of which haven't been able to be recovered. So some people have lost like photos for forever. Now to make this worse, he left that when he left the school, he joined um, an IT company and he bought IT equipment using their credit card. He was given permission to have a credit card, which is um, of interest. And again, he got uh, dismissed. Uh, he became very enraged um, by this second slight and again launched a cyber attack on this IT company because he knew their processes, he knew what to look for, he knew where the vulnerabilities were. He caused the same level of disruption to the firm. Now the police who were investigating at this were able to track him back using his uh, IP address, his internet protocol address, so their cybercrime were able to identify what he'd done and how he'd done it. But I think what's interesting in this is that we so often focus on companies being at fault for data protection and getting uh, highlighted by the information commissioner that we forget mm -hmm. that individuals who are willfully negligent and cause disruption can also be at fault and can be taken down the, the, um, the criminal 
courts route. Um, and he has um, eventually pleaded guilty to this and has been sentenced sentence to a 21 month period of which half of that will be spent in prison, half of that will be spent on license. And both to score in the mm-hmm. IT company feel that's fair. But it, it's just that reminder that where people have skills and they are in knowledgeable roles, and very much like what happened with Morrison's, it can be used against you. So there's nothing necessarily you can do to stop that, but it's being mindful of, we were talking just a minute ago about threat, you know, risk mm-hmm. assess the threats that potentially a disgruntled member of staff who is in an IT role could potentially uh, cause you. It's not to say that everyone's going to be like that, but uh, it can happen. Absolutely. And it's there's ways of sort of managing some of that risk as that person is going through any mm-hmm. process or you know, at the moment that they have left or, or you've, you've terminated their position to remove their access and be mindful of what skills have they got and are there additional protections you may need to put in place to cover you. And I think um, that then, you know, picking up on that personal focus of mm. actually you can be prosecuted as an individual under the Data Protection Act. And I think you're right, that's something that doesn't necessarily come up very often. It's something we picked up on as well, that there is a case currently going through the Liverpool Crown Court, I think it is, north of Greater Manchester Police Constable, who used his access to information. Obviously, you know, police have access to things like the police national computer, additional information about individuals that, you know, is privileged and highly sensitive. And the officer has been charged with accessing confidential information that's held on the systems that that Greater Manchester Police have access to, and that then would make that available for payment to people outside of the force who have absolutely no right to see that information, access that information or benefit from or use it. And so he was using his privileged position to access information outside of the realms of his position for purposes that obviously haven't been agreed to and there's sort of very specific occasions on and the offences are have specific dates that that's related to it's three separate occasions that he has done that and he is actually being prosecuted under the data protection act in order to in you know in addition to the other elements around you know contravening the sort of the way of being a police officer and the laws associated with that and you know, in terms of the the privileged position. So obviously, you know, there's conspiracy to supply confidential information, but there's this other, you know, under the Data Protection Act, there's some very specific crimes that he's been prosecuted for currently. And it certainly will be interesting to see where that goes and what level of A, sentence and B, potential fine that he might be subject to, because that is something we've seen in the past. And I think it's interesting, he's been accused of knowingly and recklessly obtaining personal data. So again, it's that kind of, that it's an individual choice. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the angle of which he's going to be charged whether or not he uh, pleads, I think he's pleading not guilty at the moment, and whether or not it's true, we we don't know because the court is the, the court is still here in the case. But it's just that reminder, and I think it's that training element, just to remind and reinforce staff that if they do have privileged access, and we've seen it happen in the NHS, we know it's happened in local authorities, it will have happened in the private sector, um, as well as uh, in the police that just because you have privileged access doesn't mean that you should be using that data for other purposes that you feel are valid, but are totally go against the rights and freedoms of uh, individuals. It's been a bit of a kind of like a an eye-opening podcast, I would say, today, Regina, in terms of from people's intentions and how they can um, be negative uh, and there are some significant consequences. 
uh, that come from that. But it's, I thought it was a useful topic to cover today. Absolutely. And I think it's a reminder that it's so important to keep on top of threats to your business, you know, whether they're internal threats or external threats. So we'd like to thank everyone for joining us today and listening in this week. If you've got any topics you'd like us to discuss, please do get in touch with us at coffee at dbxuk.com. We look forward to welcoming you next time for more coffee and chat about the world of data and data protection. Thank you.